This is the Chillinois Podcast. You at least should be carrying your own weight, not raging at your mother because she doesn't buy you weed and serve you food first. And you're in denial. If you're having that big of a reaction and you're smoking weed every day, you got a weed problem. I'm addicted to marijuana. You want to get high? This episode was recorded on Sunday, August 9th, around 1230 in the afternoon. I am Cole Preston from the Chillinois Podcast. And I am Justine from Canna Queens. We've got a very exciting guest. Usually we have our guests as like a mid-segment and we do an intro and outro, but this person is just so awesome that we were like, this. she need, she deserves an, an old, a whole episode. Sorry, I can't speak right now. <laughs> um, so happy Sunday, Haley. Um, hey there, thank you. And welcome to the Chillinois Podcast. Thank you so very much. Thank you for such a nice, warm welcome. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> For sure. So tell us what you do, Haley. Yeah. So right now I work for a all women CBD company and we're called Equilibria Women. And we are the first uh, CBD company to offer dosage consultations. So every person that's interested in our product can get a consultation with an advisor like myself. And um, basically I meet with women just all day long and have conversations about CBD and cannabis with them. A dosage advisor sounds like an awesome idea because I know when it comes to CBD especially people are kind of like yeah I mean I got this like 1000 milligram full spectrum (laughs) bottle I take like four droppers full and I I think that's appropriate I don't know (laughs) but um, do you run into that a lot of people who are just have absolutely no idea a hundred percent. And I, I feel for people in that position because I very much have been there myself. Like when I first started using CBD, you know, many years ago, I had many different companies. I tried many different dosages and types, and it's just hard to navigate that world for yourself. You know, it's hard to know what you should be looking for and what metrics to know if it's working for you. So we just kind of walk people through that. And, you know, along the way, if they have questions, they can still be in contact with us, even if it's like a year later. So I feel like I really get to make some deep bonds and connections with these people. And especially during COVID, I mean, these conversations now have really taken a important turn because it's such such a stressful time that we live in yeah so with that said where can our uh, listeners find equilibrium yeah so um, mainly we work out of instagram that's where a lot of people find us so that would be at equilibria women is the handle Um, that would be the best place or myeq.com is our website perfect we'll be sure to stick that in the description for this podcast so if you're listening just look in the description and uh you can you know, you'll see that so that you can type it out and get catch them on Instagram. Maybe I'll, yeah, else. maybe I'll get to talk to someone from that's listening. That would be really neat. I love when that happens. Take us back though. Um, obviously, nobody really jumps into the industry <laughs> right where they land. So, yeah. um, tell us kind of some history and and what brought you to Equilibria. Yeah, so I um, I love what I do for Equilibria because I really wanted those longer consultations. You know, that's what I thrive on is where I can really get to learn about a person. And um, really, my journey with this whole thing started when I became a patient back in 2016 with our Illinois pilot program. So that was where I became one of the very first patients. As soon as I found out that you could sign up for a card, I knew that I wanted to do that. So. Um, you know, I worked with my doctor to get on board with that. And even that process can be kind of stressful, especially back 
back in 2016 when there were fingerprints and background checks and it took three months for my card to arrive. You know, those are some some things that really um, make it make it a boundary for people to not be able to apply back then. So it was, it was very interesting. <laughs> have, have both of you had um, experience with applying for cards? I was about to say that yeah. we've actually had vastly different experience uh, applying for cards. So I would say that Justine had much of the same experience that you had, but I got involved into the program when they dropped a lot of those draconian, if I might say, um, measures. So... Um, but yeah, just to just to reiterate what you said for people that don't know, uh, in the past, if you wanted to be a member of the medical cannabis program or a registered patient, rather, um, you would have to pass a background check, which I what is what is that? Right. It's bizarre. Uh, yeah. And then you also had to get fingerprinted. Now, get this. You had to pay for your fingerprinting. It's oh, not yeah. like it was just part of the application process and they're like yeah you, you know we need your fingerprint like, no you had to go to get your fingerprint taken and get those documents am i right and then send yeah. them to the state yes and it was i remember that it was quite a long list and i remember thinking okay i could either skip this whole list because it's a lot of work or i could just do one of these things per week so that was literally what I did was I went through the checklist and was like, all right, <laughs> this week I can definitely count on getting a passport photo. Like they're real picky about the photo. So I would knock that out one week. Next week I would try to go to the DMV or whatever to get some you know, documents. And it was just like I just slowly and measuredly went through and did all the things to try to get it. But I remember thinking at the time, like I'm someone that's you know tech savvy. I have a car. I have all these amenities to be able to do this if, if I was someone that you know was any sort of disabled or didn't have a vehicle, this would be very difficult. So exactly. I just felt felt proud that or not proud, but grateful that I could even apply, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am. Yeah. It's crazy to look back on the history <laughs> of our program. Um, so I didn't mean to take us on a tangent in that yeah, aspect. No. You were saying that that's where you kind of got involved in the cannabis industry. Yes. Um, yeah. It's always good to reflect on those weird, weird <laughs> his, historical facts of our right? programs, you know? Yes. And, and on that note, I remember that I had some other people that were applying for cards at the same time, like friends or family members that were interested. So we applied and it was so interesting that even people that I know that were very upstanding citizens, but maybe had a DUI on their record, they were not eligible, you know, so it was just a very like interesting time to see who could get a card and who couldn't, you know, and even with the illnesses that were approved back then, it was such a very small list. So you could have a very, very intensive illness like I had. Um, so part of my my like medical history here is that I was wanting to use cannabis to get off of a bunch of medications from an eating disorder. And when I was in high school, um, I went to a center where I lived for a whole year, or not a whole year, I'm sorry, a whole summer. Um, and I had a feeding tube. I was on lots of medications to try to gain weight. And when I got out, I was on probably about 10 different medications um, one for appetite, you know, one for anxiety, another for sleeping. And it was just this whole bunch of things. And I remember thinking like, all right, this is a lot of medicine. And all I want is just to be able to eat and feel good from eating. And so I, I knew that I was, that would be a preferred thing. If I could get on the cannabis, I knew that would help me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just very interesting. And if it weren't for a friend of mine being like, Hey, you should try a cannabis edible. Like, I feel like you, she said that to me. She's like, I think you could probably like swap out a lot of the things you're on for just this simple, you know, 
like cannabis brownie. So she she really opened the door for me. And I thank her to this day for doing that. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing how um, some of like I feel like a lot of people on the program, they kind of make their mind up that this is something that would help them before they're able to convince their doctor. So yes. it's it's like how I thought that the the drug commercials on TV always worked where it's like, ask your doctor if this might be right for you. But 100%. I'm like, who walks into their doctor's office and they're like, I saw this really cool commercial and I think I want to try I'm it. I'm really feeling this. Yeah, I'm feeling this really weird new experimental drug, right? That's a normal yeah. thing to do now. But it's at the time, like I felt very nervous bringing that up to my doctor. So um, I did. I So quick like story. I, I got out of this um, rehab center, if you will, for eating disorders in 2009 and in 2000. 10, I believe, is the first time I asked for medical cannabis. And at that time, the answer was a hard no. (laughs) It was just like, nope, we don't do anything like that. I know you only weigh 80 some pounds, but too bad, basically. So they would just keep me on different medicines. And I just kept trying because it's exactly like you said, Justine, I I knew that it would help from that one experience I had, you know, that one time with that brownie, I knew that that would be what I needed. So I just kind of kept it with it and was patient. And then many years later, 2016 is when they finally agreed for me to be able to do that. Good for you for staying strong during that time. I mean, seriously. You got to advocate for yourself. I always tell people that you you know yourself best. You know, if you if you know something's going to help you and you know you know what you need, then definitely make sure you're asking for that. <laughs> it's hard to do that, though. I think we we often forget that we're in control of our health, you know, not doctors. It's us. <laughs> Yeah, and that's something that definitely like um, when I was working in the dispensary level and we would have people call and say, how do I get my medical card? Um, We would have to remind them that we're like, you know, if your doctor says no, you understand that you have options. You don't like you're not tied just to that doctor and just to that response. This is your body. It's your health. You get to decide how you want to maintain your own body. Yes, yes, very much. And I I love that you even have those conversations because that can be hard for people to be like, hey, do you know that you have options? Because you very much do. And if you feel like your doctor's not listening, you know, maybe it's time to talk to someone else and get a second opinion, just like you would for anything else that was serious, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's come a long way because now I feel like the conversations have opened up quite a bit. You know, it's not not so scary to talk to a medical professional because, you know, we have come a long way. Absolutely. So you said what year was it that you got your uh, cannabis card that you officially? um, 2016 with that pilot program. So as soon as it became full swing where they had the list out, (laughs) that was where where I wanted to, uh, you know, try it again. And it was the same doctor. She knew I'd been struggling for years upon years. So I just revisited that conversation and we were able to make some progress finally. And then three months later, I was able to actually buy that. (laughs) So it took some time. And how long did it take you to get your card? Because I know that was a long, wasn't yeah. that a pretty long it, waiting? It was three months, yeah. Um, applied and within, it, I sent off all the documents and then you just kind of hang tight and one day your card arrived. So it was it was a very, yeah. very good day. And at this exact same period of time, um, um, 
like a month before I applied for this card, I had just gotten off of my last antidepressant. I had slowly been cycling off of different things that I had been on from that treatment center. And so I had just one left and I was really proud of myself for being able to wean off of that. And on that note, like I always encourage people, if you are someone that needs medication, you know, absolutely do that and support yourself. But if it's in your you know, goals to wean off of it, then have open conversations about it with your doctor. And I did. And so one of my goals was I knew I just didn't want to be on these things and would rather be on something natural that I could somewhat control. And that's how cannabis is so great for that. It's something that I can use for my own health. And I know, I mean, it was within a month that my own mom was like, you just seem really good. Like you seem like whatever you're doing, it's working well. So I'm, I'm proud of you. And I remember thinking, yeah, I am doing pretty good. This is, this has been a life changing thing to have access to. Yeah. And I mean, with cannabis, you can definitely like control your own dosage. I, I used to tell people, you don't have to ask your doctor if you want to take more or less, you can right. just do it. You don't even have to have <laughs> that conversation with them. Yeah. And it's great because you can afford to play with it, if you will, like with CBD, especially, but, you know, even with cannabis, because since we don't have the traditional concerns that you know, antidepressants have or pain medicines, you can somewhat, you know, play with it and try different methods. And, you know, I really like that, that there's, there's really, you know, once you know how to listen to your body, that's really all it is, is just, you know, trying out different things that work for you. So I, I just love that. And um, I think, I think, for, especially for women, it can be hard to try cannabis maybe because it feels like we're kind of taught to not maybe listen in or have intuition on our bodies. We're kind of almost somewhat culturally trained to think the doctor knows best. We'll just do whatever he says. But, you know, I'm always encouraging women to kind of turn the focus back on, you know, what's going on in their own mind and body and really try to um, advocate for themselves. And, um, and so to segue into that, you know, after I became a patient, I visited this dispensary quite a bit. Like every week I would come in just to see what new products came in, try to chat with the bud tenders because at that point there weren't many patients. Like it was very normal for me to be the only one in there. <laughs> so I would just spend sometimes an hour talking to them, have them show me different things they liked. And really they just, you know, were so great to teach me things. And that's where I got my interest in this was like, wow, there's so many different products. I had no idea. Like oftentimes when people think of a cannabis card, they're off put and think, I don't want to smoke joints to manage my health. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, but there's so many different methods. And so that's what really, really interested me is like, you know, whatever style of using cannabis you like, there's something out there for you. And so the bud tenders walked me through all of this. And then soon enough, they offered me a job, you know, pretty closely there. And and I started to work behind the desk <laughs> and behind on the other side. Wow. That's exciting. So you were a bud, you were a bud tender? Yeah. Yep. Um, in 2017, I became a bud tender there and I was one of the only like women bud tenders there, women workers, really. There was one other woman that was mainly our inventory specialist. So she'd come out every now and then. But um, since I was like one of the only women on the floor, I found that like certain groups would, you know, gravitate towards talking to me and other groups would gravitate towards talking to the other, you know, men. Um, but particularly, I found myself talking with older women a lot, especially um, women with breast cancer. That was the big one. Gotcha. So what was that experience like as a bud tender? Was it was it weird to be on the legal side of cannabis? Like, I mean, you know, we all I think it's a dream of all of every stoner to at least start as a bud tender or be a bud tender yes. at some point in their life. You know what I mean? Yes. 
It, yeah, it's a great, absolutely great job. Um, and really, at the time, I called myself, or we called ourselves uh, patient counselors. So that was like really what the what it was, because it's not like being a bud tender in, in Colorado or, you know, right. California, where it's like, oh, we're just, we're actually just straight chilling here. Like, we, we did have fun, but it's very much like almost a medical job at some point, you know. So that was what surprised me, I think, the most about it was, oh, my, like, you know, some of these people I'm meeting with their whole caregiving team, right? Like maybe it's an older woman with Alzheimer's and I'm going to meet with her, you know, morning nurse, her evening nurse and her kids, you know, stuff like that. I'm so sorry. My cat is making the most scratching noise next to me. I'm so sorry. We are very familiar with cats interrupting the pro- the podcast. So no worries. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, so to go back, like with your experience as a bud tender, because I know with my experience as a bud tender, it's amazing that even with your coworkers, you can go from having a conversation about like, oh, I smoked this blunt this weekend. It was so great to what would you recommend for this particular medical diagnosis or, or what do you yes. what do your other patients use that are helping them out? So it's kind of a, a cool hybrid between your love of cannabis and then your love of just helping people feel better. A hundred percent. Yes. And I, you said that very well. Like it is, it is that way where one patient, you know, is there, you know, just feeling like just fun. It's a very fun vibe. They're there maybe to manage migraines or something that's a little more lighthearted, if you will, uh, of an illness. And then the next one might be someone that literally cannot talk. And I remember those were the patients that really stuck with me, like people where I'd have to communicate through their iPad, right? Like they were nonverbal. They had an iPad they would talk to you that way through pressing on different buttons to speak for them. And so, you know, it's just like that's a very different experience than talking about just chilling and having a blunt. But it's very, um, very rewarding because you get to have such a mixture of, you know, people you're talking to. And and um, what really um, spurred on the next part of my journey is I would have a lot of these people reach out to me after hours like especially the ones with caregiver teams, right? Like those people I found often had many questions late at night or weird times of day. And they would be like, you know, something happened. Like maybe she took too much of an edible and now now they have questions. So a lot of these folks would reach out to me on Instagram or through my personal cell phone because they'd called me. So that's where I developed this whole um, training mentality where I was like, I want to help people through all of the ins and outs of cannabis. You know, I want to help them get the most out of this, answer questions along the way. So I opened up my business, um, Haley Hansen Cannabis Consulting in 2017. And it was just a help for after hours kind of things. And that was where I really enjoyed it because I made a lot of progress with these patients. Like, um, and really the first time I talked to someone outside of hours was, um, it was a husband and wife team and they had bought a bunch of vape pens from the dispensary earlier from me. And I had, you know, told them what ones to buy, you know, how to use them. But then once they get home, they open the package and they're like, we don't actually know how to use this. <laughs> like we, we've never seen a vape <laughs> pen. We've never seen someone smoke one, not even in a movie, you know, <laughs> what do we do? So they asked if they could FaceTime me. And they wanted me to show them which button to press, 
how long to inhale, you know, all of those specifics. And so I remember the, the husband was the one talking and he's like, I think she got it. She's given me the thumbs up and coughing a little bit. So I think, I think we got it to work, but that was, you know, that was my favorite. I was like, this is what I really like. I like being able to finish this whole conversation and help them feel like good and proud of their first time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where like, I really, I want to take it back to what you said earlier. You know, we keep saying bud tender, but you really were, what what were, what was your official title? And I've noticed other dispensaries have taken this up. Patient specialist, was it? Patient specialist or or patient counselor is some of the, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And see, uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, that's, that is so more, much more accurate than, you know, if you're on the adult use side, yes, maybe you're a bud tender because you're just you're selling out adult use. We, these people literally just want to get high. I mean, there are a few sure, on the yeah. adult use side that use it medicinally. Um, but, you know, on the medical side, you're not it's not like you're a bartender. It's not like you're just right. here, you know, here's <laughs> your drink. You know, it, you're you're telling them about how to take it, what the experience, you know, what to expect. Um, and everything else. I really like that distinction that you had. And it's interesting that you even set up your own business, um, kind of after hours to do that, that shows that you really care about the community that you were serving. And I, I made a point too that when I did this, like it was very somewhat scary. Like I hired a legal, I mean, a legal person to kind of help me through this because I just didn't want to advise anyone incorrectly or make anything worse. That was my fear. You know, I obviously am only doing this to help. So I never wanted people to, you know, have a bad experience. That's the whole reason I started the business is because when, you know, if you have someone that comes into the dispensary, they buy a very huge edible, take the whole thing. And then they have a horrible night and then maybe they never come back to the dispensary. That to me is a travesty. You know, I never wanted that to happen where they're just like, nope, cannabis wasn't for me. I have stage four cancer and it just isn't for me. And, you know, that's a lost opportunity to really help them and help them find what could have made them, you know, feel better or get an appetite or just little things. So that's where I was like, let's, you know, try to bridge this gap here. And, um, and it, it went really well. And I made sure I never charged anyone just because that felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird to ask money for just things I already know. And I wanted it to feel more like a friend, you know, what, what a friend would say or how if you, if, you know, you got in a situation where you ate too big of an edible, you could feel comfortable calling somebody, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know one of my more memorable experiences on dispensary side was, um, giving or recommending edibles to an older female patient of ours. Um, And then we got a call like the moment we opened the next day from her family saying, I think she took too much. She's just asleep on the couch. She's been like this for hours. And we're like, okay, check. Is she breathing? Does she, is she able to talk to you? Is everything okay? And they're like, well, yeah, she's responding to us and she's got a big old smile on her face. So what do we do? I'm like, just let her let her be. I mean, I think she's doing great. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're almost like an EMT kind of at that point, like 911, I need some help. And you kind of just ask them, you know, some questions, but it's a very interesting thing. And I think we'll see more of that as the industry grows, just because, you know, that's just a very, you know, normal problem, a very human thing to need a little help along the way. And especially in Illinois, like one of the things I notice about us that's different from Colorado per se, is that 
when you buy something in Illinois, it's in an opaque package and it's made that way on purpose. So you can't see inside of it at all. And that is kind of tricky because then you don't really know what the stuff looks like, especially a vape pen, like my first example. You know, you think you, you know how to use it and then you get it home and it's like, oh, I actually... I still don't know how to use this. So that's kind of tricky because you can't see the products ahead of time or really delve into like how to try it out. You know, that happens at your house. But in Colorado, you can at least see the product. You can smell cannabis, like actual cannabis. But, you know, here it's all packaged. So it's a little different um, situation here. Yeah, absolutely. I know one of the issues that we ran into a lot was, um, especially for edibles dosage, where we would say, all right, well, this bar, you can break it into five milligram pieces that are pre-scored. And then um, we would kind of recommend that across the board or just take one square. And then you get like a a nature's grace bar that only has eight squares in it or something. And they're like, oh, so I can eat the whole thing. We're like, um, maybe not on that one. (laughs) That might not be a good idea. It's like you have to be a mathematician, like to know how many little fractions to tell them to take. So, yes. Seriously especially when it comes to them making their own edibles. That's something I always waited to, I I tell people to wait on that. Wait till you're like a pro at at eating cannabis edibles and then maybe try making some because it can be tricky to dose yourself and know exactly how many milligrams of activated THC you're getting. So that one, it sounds so innocent. And that's what one thing that always made me kind of laugh at the dispensary like a patient comes in the very first day and they'll have like a little smile and they'll say I think I want you know just something really little like a brownie (laughs) and in my mind I'm thinking like be careful because those brownies to me are you know pretty potent I I prefer to start people on a microdose that's my method so I'd always try to sell people especially older folks that are new to this I'd sell them the little microdose like one milligram THC pills because I'd rather them start off and nothing happen, you know, just like, oh, that was kind of uneventful. <laughs> That's a preferable experience to, oh my goodness, I'm so very scared of this. I never want to look or step foot in a dispensary again, you know, so microdosing is where it's at to me. Yeah, you definitely want to recommend low and slow. That's, yes. that's the way to do it. <laughs> For sure. Yes. And and I will say my my next part of my story was kind of sad at the time. So I I was working as this patient counselor. You know, so many people just love talking to me. I know them all on a first name basis. I just felt really, really fulfilled, really good about it. And I ended up getting fired, which was something for me. Like I'm a rule follower. These type of things don't happen to me. I was fired because someone asked to prepay for their um, cancer treatment. So if you're familiar with the typical way to like treat cancer or or treat cancer symptoms, I guess I'll say um, it's to use RSO the like Rick Simpson oil, which is like such a concentrated form of cannabis oil. So that particular product is what cannabis patients go for. And for some reason, this particular month, we didn't order some. So there weren't any supply to sell to this person. And at the time, um, this person was a terminal patient. Their doctor said, you can either try cannabis only or you can try opiates only. We won't let you do both. So it's one or the other. So he had chosen to go the route of cannabis and, you know, was using RSO very successfully. I remember the 
first week he came back, he had a nice color to his face. His wife said, you know, he's been eating, he, we're doing great. So it was going really well for him. But then all of a sudden we had none of it. We were out. So he came in, or his wife came in rather, because he was so sick, he couldn't walk in. She'd come in daily and say, I want you to remember my face because we're still out of our medicine. And she came in day after day to talk to me. And I remember that this particular day, we were supposed to get a big shipment of RSO in. And I said, you know, it'll be here in a few hours. And she goes, well, how about I pay you ahead of time? And then that way, you know, I can just come by really quick later because he's very sick today. He is needing this. So she gives me like $200, I believe. And I remember I just put it in the drawer, like in a separate spot, didn't think anything of it. And that was a violation. And so the next morning I was let go. <laughs> and it was very, very hard on me because I remember just feeling like, oh, man, I've let all the patients down. You know, they're not going to know why I'm not here because I, I couldn't call them or, you know, I can't just like individually tell hundreds of people like, hey, I'm going to have to leave. So it was it was very hard on me, but it ended up being a really good learning lesson, you know, as most hard things are. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that does sound tough. I mean, especially when you're just trying to do it out of compassion and it, yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. would be a tough situation because you felt like you were doing the right thing, you know? And yeah, definitely. But for all intents um, and purposes, you were. Yeah. You know? And at least I, I did know that, like that gave me a lot of solace. It was like, well, you know, I was doing this with good intentions. I obviously wasn't trying to do anything. Like, I mean, I'm never someone that would think about like stealing or, you know, even when I'm, one of my jobs was to count all the cash at the end of the night. You know, I'm, I'm someone that's very trustworthy. So literally it was my job to sit there and count $10,000 in cash every night. And it's like, man, for me to be let go over something when I consider myself so trustworthy, it was, that was hard. But I, I remember that's when I decided to just pivot, pivot real hard and try to put, put my passions into something else instead of feeling like sad about that. So I launched a Squarespace website the next week and just really tried to hit that consulting. You know, anybody out there that needs help, anybody that needs help getting a card, hit me up, you know? <laughs> so that's what I really just put my passions into and tried to make it a, you know, a positive turnaround that summer. That's awesome. That Yeah, and you just keep, I like how you just, you remembered that you were acting in good faith and you continued to. I think that's what's important uh, in your story so far, you know, that like you didn't let that define you. Cause yeah. Because cause that would be, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's foolish to let that define you because, you know, again, you were acting yeah. in good faith. I, I Like it was like, yeah. Anyways, I don't mean to get too stuck in that. Let's yeah, no, continue no. on your story because uh, uh, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I remember thinking this at the time. I've heard, I've been watching cannabis documentaries, you know, at that time a lot. And I remember there was one guy in particular on a documentary and he said, you know, being involved in the cannabis industry, it's one foot in the legal side, one foot in the illegal side, because you're straddling this fence. That's the game is that you have to know when to be cutting edge and when to pull back. And so it's very tricky. You know, you want to follow the rules. You want to be on the next step, but you don't want to be too far to where you break rules or you enter into a zone that's not OK yet. You know, so yeah, I just yeah. you know went really really hard into my consulting, started that website. And then that next, um, that same summer, I started working at a cultivation center. So I worked for Shelby County Community Services, and they're based out of Shelbyville, Illinois, which is kind of downstate. 
Um, and I started working there as a floater. So I didn't really have like a specific role, but just whatever needed done that day, you know, that's where I got to help out. And I really liked that because it was 100% different from a dispensary. There's no patience. There's no outside yeah. world at all. And so it's just very different. And I like that. So, so were they just like, Haley, go water the weed? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like what? <laughs> basically, yeah. Like I'd get there in the morning. Most of the time, it was trimming that needed done. They always need hands trimming, you know, cannabis. But that was a, a big yeah. part of it. And then they'd have you switch in the afternoon to, you know, rolling joints was a big task of mine. I I like to do that, and that's so fun. Like you hear about people that get to do, you know, joint rolling as a job, and it is fun. It's <laughs> you put on your music or your podcast, and you just get to town and try to, you know, get as many done as you can, and that's such a fun job. Um, Do you ever you accidentally? Ever done... Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm so sorry. I was going to say, have you ever worked on the behind the scenes like side of the cannabis like industry? I have not. Justine worked as a as a bud tender in the cannabis industry. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Justine, did you ever end up getting to go to a cultivation center? Unfortunately not. I, we were too needed. We were open seven days a week and it was supposed to be a, a group trip. So that oh, unfortunately yeah. did not get to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think as far as we've gone to balance that out, I took Justine to a cultivation center. In there Colorado. you go. <laughs> so it was really <laughs> awesome. awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. That's about yeah. as far as, as we've gone with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, I think I, I interrupted you. What, what were you starting to say there? Oh, I was just going to make a stupid joke about uh, <laughs> you were talking about joint rolling and I was going to yeah. make a joke like, oh, you know, do you ever like accidentally just break from the habit, put one of the joints in your mouth, spark up and continue <laughs> to roll? You know, I, I so wish it, it's very clinical. You know, that's that is the difference. Like it's not like a movie where it's just like a bunch <laughs> of people hanging out, you know, sm smoking one like that's typically how you know you think of it but this is like i'm wearing scrubs i have a hairnet <laughs> i'm in the corner you know wearing gloves that's another thing really weird and tricky to roll joints or just manage that when you're wearing gloves <laughs> it like uh, runs the vibe yeah. a little bit so that that was very different and you also don't i mean this is obvious but you don't lick the joint you know so the whole thing from start to finish is just different than how you roll a joint at your house <laughs> so yeah so yeah. Is it, how do you seal it? Just a curious. How do you Usually, seal it? Well, this particular like time we were doing um, cones that were already rolled and you just tamped the ground bud into it ah, and then nice. twisted them okay. off. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So did yeah. you, I don't mean to get too into your job. I'm just interested. Uh, did you like have to grind the weed? Did you guys yeah. have like an industrial grinder? This this particular like timing, I don't believe they had the industrial grinder yet. So um, a lot of it was done with just like little like coffee uh, grinders. Like literally that's what we'd put it in and roll joints from that. So it was, I wasn't very fast at it. I will say that I tried to be fast at it, but as someone that smokes lots of joints, I just wanted to put so much care into it. I was like, oh, I got to get the bottom just right. Got to get it rolled just right. Like I'd way overthink it. So I think after a while they were like, let's get her off of the joints and onto something else. And um, so I, I did the joint rolling a lot with a partner and he and I would like have contests and we'd try to get, you know, so many rolled by lunchtime and we would just kind of, you know, make games out of it. And that was pretty fun. Um, but then I kind of transitioned a little more into helping out with edibles and finishing those up. Um, I also worked as a packager at the same facility. So you just get a giant bucket of weed and weigh it into eights all day and put stickers on it. 
And that, it's so funny, basically every job, in my opinion, at, at the cultivation center is one that requires a lot of detail, like a very heavy handed approach where you have to pay attention to every little thing. And if you're not somebody that is good at that, it can be tricky. And it was even tricky for me. And I consider myself very detail oriented, but like even putting stickers on thousands of bottles, that can even get tricky if you do it wrong or don't put the right amount of stickers on because there has to be one that talks about the safety and one that talks about the weight and one that talks about, you know, all of these things. So you had to make sure you got hit every single one of those or it could be out of compliance. So I, I, that job stressed me a little bit more with packaging because you have to be really on it, you know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of little um, nuances to the packaging. And I know, uh, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast before, but um, definitely mentioned in the Discord, there was a shipment of GTI eighths that we had gotten in that the package label showed the usable weight as one gram instead of 3.5. And that entire batch had to be destroyed. It was so sad. (laughs) And by destroyed... But by destroyed, she means they rolled it all up and smoked it in the back room. <laughs> I that's, that's not what they're, they're not allowed to do that. <laughs> right. That was, I will say that was the, the very saddest part of my job. All my cannabis jobs was when you have to destroy things for a silly reason like that. And, and that was part of my job at the dispensary too, is having to destroy that. And it makes you sad, but it's for compliance reasons. They have to do that. Anytime there's an issue with even just a sticker or a weight, you know, all that's got to go. <laughs> and then somebody has to do it. And I remember thinking at the time, like, boy, this is so weird. This is really strange that no one just gets to take this home. But I guess but I guess it's good to follow all the rules, you know. Definitely, definitely. So um, did you, you mentioned that you met your husband or did, did you meet your husband yes. at SCCS or did he just start working there? I, was I don't mean to bring myself. love into the story, <laughs> yes. into your story, but I'm just curious. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so I was transitioning out of the cultivation center. I knew that I had another job approaching in the industry and I was transitioning out of it and my husband was looking for a job. So we really literally just changed roles. Like I quit and he started doing what I did. <laughs> so wow. my, yeah, it was very neat. And the last two weeks I trained him and it was really funny. Everyone joked with us. They're like, oh, you can't handle working with your husband. I see. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I literally trained him on all the roles. You know, he he ended up doing more of a trimming role. Um, so if you know, I'm not sure if your listeners know about one of the things SCCS is different about that cultivation center is that they're a nonprofit cultivation center, and I believe that's the only one in Illinois that way. But their nonprofit status is due to the fact that they have clients that are special needs that work there. And they usually work there as trimmers or sometimes, you know, in packaging roles. And it was my husband's role to teach them how to trim. And he is so good at it. And I remember thinking like, man, he's perfectly suited for this because he loves cannabis. He's so passionate about it. And he's just a very kind person and patient. So he, you know, sat with them and would teach them how to do it, you know, how to trim the buds, how to like where it goes. And more importantly, he would, you know, tell them how important their work is, you know, makes them feel good to know you're literally helping someone that has a really you know, difficult life, possibly like you're helping someone that has cancer, 
you know, you just showing up to work here is making a big impact. And he'd always try to, you know, put that into the forefront of their minds. So that was really neat about him. That is so wholesome. <laughs> you, got, you guys are so wholesome. Everything <laughs> that you've told us about that you guys do, that's that's just amazing. I And I was, I'm happy that you brought up uh, what you said about SCCS because I feel like, yeah, they're doing something that other cannabis companies aren't doing in the state. And that's that's why yeah. I was really one of the reasons I was really excited to bring you on, uh, you know, aside talking about what you're doing in the industry and what you're doing for people. Uh, it's it's a good little like PSA about what they <laughs> offer for the community, you know, because they offer yeah. a lot of services to the community. They're a nonprofit cannabis cultivator. They're basically everything you look for in a cannabis cultivator. But they're yeah. the only uh, game in town with that regard. You know what I mean? So yeah, very I'm much. And I I very much appreciate you saying that we seem wholesome or feel wholesome because that well, I, I think of my husband especially that way. He's just a very kind-hearted person. But um, you know, it it was hard for us to enter into this world because we didn't want people to perceive us in any way as like bad or criminals or, you know, all the things that sometimes go along with working in cannabis. And and in downstate Illinois, it is it is somewhat tricky because it's a conservative area. A lot of these communities aren't necessarily happy that there's a, you know, a cultivation center. Um, one one cool thing I'll talk about real fast is that my my dad is on the county board or the city board in Effingham. So he was part of the decision to bring a adult use center to our town. And I heavily informed him on all the points to hit home, like with his, um, with the other people that were making decisions. You know, this is a great thing for our community. If you think that it's not, you may be mistaken. You know, this will only bring money to our town, will only help people that already visit our town. And we can more importantly, give back to our community with all this tax dollars coming in. So that's something I really wanted him to know. And, um, and I feel proud and it does feel like a wholesome industry. I mean, if you spend two seconds in a dispensary here, you see a little tiny old lady walking in, you know, using CBD for her pain. And you see, you know, even little kids, I had many little kids that came to the dispensary for their seizures. I mean, it's such a wholesome thing. You can't help but feel warm-hearted after you see what goes on in the dispensary you know so it's just it's just a neat thing and I'm glad that our town hopped on board with it yeah and that's something that um, we definitely heard a lot at the dispensary is people would come in for their first time and they're like oh you guys don't have like stoner rock playing the lights <laughs> aren't turned down low like you're all dressed yes. nice you all have smiles on your face you're all very yes. helpful like it, and I, I agree with you. It is, a, it is a very wholesome industry, despite the, the stigma and the negative connotations of cannabis itself. Yeah. Um, because really, I mean, if you break it down to what, what the whole program was started for, I mean, it's here for people who are very sick to help them. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not out here just selling weed we're here yeah, I mean, helping people right the name of the program was the compassionate use of medical cannabis program very very good name for that yes i love i love that you realize that because that's something that i always try to like whenever i have relatives that ask me about it i always try to make sure they know this side of it you know that they they get a new image in their head and that's kind of what we have to do as people in the cannabis industry is put a new paradigm out there. We don't want people 
thinking in the old school ways of thinking, especially now with COVID. Like one thing that's been so amazing is how how much our dispensary has flourished during this time. Like, you know, they've really stepped it up. It's like a place in our town that is still thriving despite this horrible like economic situation we're in. It's like the dispensary is doing great. They're still helping people. We're actually getting revenue for our town, you know, despite all these other businesses closing. It's just been a really positive thing. So I'm hoping more and more towns will accept it in Illinois and, you know, maybe we'll see more licenses handed out, too. I would like to see that. One of the things that has come about with COVID and Illinois cannabis is the idea of curbside pickup. And I think that should be here to stay. And so far it it is, you know, I mean, they've, they've basically had emergency rules to extend it and and everything else, but I actually argue that it should just stay because the thing is, is that let's return to the original inception of this program. There were a lot of conditions on that list that just by nature of the condition, they were immunocompromised. And so um, it, I guess my point that I always say is that they were immunocompromised before COVID, they're immunocompromised now, and they're going to be immunocompromised afterwards. So why don't we do things, if we know that medical cannabis patients are immunocompromised, why don't we do things to lower their, um, sorry, I'm kind of losing the word, but uh, you know, lower their exposure, yeah, yeah. their risk oh. to other people, you know. Um, especially in the sense that some of these medical cannabis dispensaries are also selling adult use. And so there's not much of a physical barrier between uh, the two. And when you have medical patients coming in and then you have just everybody coming in, it's like, you know, I feel like those patients oftentimes maybe avoid stores or whatever else too. So, you know, I never um, thought about the, you know, I forget that there are ones that are joint where it's adult use and medical. I forget about that because ours is separate where it's, you know, separate area and separate building like the adult use is one building medical is the other building but you're you're so right i feel like it should be here to stay and now is the time to innovate and pivot to what we want this to be in the future you know so having curbside pickup is a great option also exploring delivery options you know that would be Absolutely. a nice <laughs> but i don't know if that'll speed up you know this this year necessarily but well, i would love to do that kind of job <laughs> There was a Senate bill that was on the floor for a while for delivery, and we were trying to push it on our Reddit to have people call their representatives. That's something that we try to do if we see that happening. But, um, you know, with COVID, uh, the whole session kind of threw out the win- was thrown out the window, and yeah. anything that didn't seem critical, they didn't do. And so for some reason or another, that didn't qualify as critical. And so right. um, let's hope that, you know, since we've seen it, since we saw it and it seemed like it was a good bill, let's hope we see it again uh, when, when, and if, you know, we return to like a normal legislative session. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> when and if, yes. And, <laughs> yeah. and hopefully too, I'm hoping that the impact of all the money will make, you know, will make people realize like, oh my gosh, we, we should do everything we can to help this. Like, why have we been dragging our feet here? Like, that's one thing in our town in Effingham, you know, where my dad helped that adult use thing kind of get going. That's the thing that the disbelievers are noticing. It's like, oh wow there's this money is no joke like our town is doing well because of this so i'm hoping once they see that then they'll push some more things quickly like why don't we get these folks you know things where they can have deliveries or i'd also love to see a program where i could provide cannabis as a grower to older folks like maybe four or five and i'm their personal person that grows for them like some other states have adopted that model and i think that would be a nice thing for illinois to do too in addition to the home grow. 
Absolutely. And I think, too, that what people are noticing with the tax revenue is people who previously thought only criminals buy cannabis, like, you know, <laughs> only only bad people smoke this stuff. And then you see within the first, what, like three months, $52 million in tax revenue brought in by adult yeah. use. And they're like, oh, I mean, maybe Justine, you, everybody. You sold I, weed to the deputy mayor at large and one of the most notable crim- criminal defense attorneys in the state of Illinois, Tom Bruno. It's in the I newspaper. sure did. He that, was my yeah. second oh, was- adult use customer. I saw that. that. Okay, that's amazing. I'm making the connection now. That's that is amazing. Like it's so neat to see like different people trying this out and you know in the paper for it. Nonetheless, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and before we move too far away from Effingham, because I know that's you know your next path. I know you were still in yeah. Illinois, but your next career option yeah. wasn't in Illinois. But before we move too far away from Effingham, this is just me being a person that goes to Effingham sometimes. Yeah, um, I hope I hope I don't blow up their spot. Have you ever been to Niemerg's in oh, Effingham? Oh, have I? I love going there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Is, yeah. I, yes. <laughs> I love that I you've give been there. A, I had to give Niemerg's a shout out uh, for everybody <laughs> that is listening. It, they've got the greatest yeah. food, first of all, just food in general. But then afterwards, you go get yourself some nice dessert. They got pies, cakes, yes. whatever. You know what I mean? At pudding, I think. Uh, yes. It's a great place. So uh, You're my hero for bringing that up because I, I love going there, but it seems like younger people just don't visit there very much for some reason. But you know what's funny? Uh, my cousin and I, when we were younger, my grandma used to always bring us there. So oh, kind yeah? of por- proving your point. And we used to always <laughs> say that it was just a place for old people. And we were just too young to appreciate it. I think, Justin, right. you said that the other day, that, that phrase, <laughs> being too young to appreciate something. Um, we were just too young to appreciate it. And now that I've grown up and I've gone back to Niemerg's, I'm like, gosh, that place oh, man. slapped. I love it. Yes. Next time you come, let you guys let me know and we'll, we'll make it a time of it because that, that's one of my favorite places. And is there a more wholesome place than, than Niemerg's? I mean, you get a nice little pie served to you by a sweet person that's worked there like 30 years. I mean, there's just it's the most wholesome place there is. <laughs> Hell yeah, we'll make it a double date. So. There you go. And I'm not sure if you saw our claim to fame, but we have a giant cross statue. That's our thing. And yeah, uh, did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I th- I you know I instead of it being a cross for me, it's a cross joint. That's what it is. It's a cross <laughs> joint statue. It's, it's dedicated to Seth Rogen. It's there not, it, it doesn't have anything to do with and, religion. You know, I will say I know at least at least ten people off the top of my head that have smoked a cross joint at the cross. <laughs> Hey, you that information what you will it's not always the best but there's many people that do that <laughs> i love it yes it only so, makes sense <laughs> right it's a celebration of every kind i love it um yeah so like you were mentioning you know i i've lived in effingham this entire time of being in the cannabis industry but um after the cultivation center i was offered a job based out of seattle and it was a job as a cannabis software trainer And I remember thinking like, all right, I think I would like that because you get a totally different view of the industry. And I knew that I knew just a touch about compliance from working at the cultivation center. You know, like we mentioned with those stickers, you have to have them in perfect compliance. So I knew there's like this whole side that I'd never explored. And there's software that tracks every single move that happens in the cannabis industry. And being someone that's just really in this like software, I guess, I know it's a weird thing to say, but I'm always trying to find like the coolest or newest or best software to do stuff. And so I was like, this could be a cool opportunity. So I started working for a company called Cultivera 
and they're a cannabis compliance software system. And it's also sometimes called track and trace software so that you can track the moment the seed arrives, <laughs> a cannabis seed arrives at a cultivation center, all the way to when it gets sold at a dispensary and changed hands into retail. So that, that was the software and what the software did. And so I, I worked on an all-male team, and I was the only woman that worked there, um, which I often just forgot that. Like many people afterward would say like, oh, is that kind of strange to work with just all men? And no, it's not. It's just like working anywhere else. Like there are people, I just didn't think about that kind of stuff and we got along very well. So um, so yeah, I just you know worked and did daily classes. That was my thing. I led online classes on how to use the software and people would tune in to watch. So, you know, if they if their job that day was to roll 800 joints, well, there's a process in the computer that has to track that you rolled 800 joints. So I just teach them how to do that. And that was my role there. So just as a presenter, did you ever have any like lame puns or jokes? Like, uh, before <laughs> you start, you know, rolling your joints, whoa there, Cheech, you need to make sure that you have the stick, you know, so I don't know. I'm right. just being... No, I actually appreciate that because compliance is a dry world. It's like, all right, there's nothing cool about compliance. There's no one likes that there's a million rules that you have to follow, especially especially people that are more on the farming side of cannabis. It's kind of a bummer to them that they have to track, you know, track their seed at all to a lot of them. They'd be like, ah, I just have to do this because this is what the state requires. So I would try to like keep it light, but I'm just really bad at jokes. And so I feel like every time I did lead a class, I'd try to throw a couple in there. But it's also awkward because, you know, as we know with Zoom, it can be awkward to pick up like jokes with people. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, Justine will yeah. tell you I'm pretty bad at jokes too, but I keep doing it anyways. I appreciate so, that. Yeah, I love stop. a good joke. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, Haley. I'm feeling this like cool connection to you that our our paths in cannabis are very parallel. In that, I worked in a dispensary. I lost my job for a stupid reason where I thought I was trying to help out. I created my own business in cannabis, and then I also now work in state traceability software <laughs> based out of Seattle. Like it's just it's very cool how how many different jobs you can do but still be in the cannabis industry yes it, and on that note it's just so neat to talk to someone else like it's in that similar path because this whole like since 2016 it does feel somewhat lonely like i'm just you know i know a few people that are doing this work and in the industry but you don't you don't just get applauded you don't have like people being like oh well good for you being in that like it's not like being a lawyer you know <laughs> and so in effingham especially it can be kind of tricky to just feel connected, you know, and so it's nice to know there are people out there everywhere doing work that you might not realize, you know, that's really important work, like what you do. And um, yeah, it's just really neat. And there's, there's software companies popping up everywhere, because I feel like that's a real wave that people are riding right now. Like, how can we have the best software to do what we need to do in the cannabis industry? And the software really drives it forward, because you know, every single action in the industry has to have a computer program that backs it up. And so it's neat to think that there's whole teams of people working behind the scenes on that. And it's so neat that you do that now. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's pretty cool. And um, I think one of my favorite parts so far is just connecting with people in different or different uh, states and how learning how they run their businesses, how their industry works, all yeah. of the little like compliance nuances, and then 
you know, just having that connection with them where it's like, yeah, you might be in Montana and I'm sitting here in Illinois, but we've got this in common. Yes, that's so, yeah, that's so interesting. And I remember that when I did that work, it was, it almost was tricky to keep up with like, oh yeah, okay, Illinois has this new thing that they're tracking differently and California has this. And it was just like, it is a lot of different nuances, but it's so neat to be able to just talk to people across the you know country. Um, and, and on that note, I'm sure you're really good at that because it just requires a nice kind person on the other end, like, you know, teaching you how to, how to use the software and, and just, you know, being patient because a lot of these people don't want to spend four hours learning how to use the software. So it needs to be kind of intuitive and needs to do what it needs, you know, correctly needs to do all the processes, but, um, it's really important. So are you, are you a trainer too? Like you train people on, on the software? I'm not. Um, I had actually originally applied for that job, but what I ended up getting was a role where basically I talk to the company before they see the trainer and then I continue to support them after they've been through the training. So it's, it's really cool. Gotcha. Yeah. That's it's, there's so many jobs, like so many roles in the industry that are so important. So I think that's a a big takeaway is that there's a lot of things that you wouldn't consider, like whatever people are good at now, I bet there's a way that they could work that into the cannabis industry, you know, and, um, and it's neat to talk to people that are in compliance and cannabis because they're, they're kind of two separate fields. Like cannabis is this wild, wild west kind of thing that's, you know, surging across the United States and compliance is a thing that's not very cool and it's not very fun to have to work with. So combining those two together and making it fun and easy is like a real, a real challenge. And it's kind of neat to see how it'll progress. Yeah. I think what you're saying is everybody can get involved in the cannabis industry, but can you comply? It's like, can you comply (laughs) with those checks and balances? You know, you can throw all the money you want, but if you're doing things that aren't in compliance, so you were uh, mentioning that, you know, the software company that you worked for, you presented at Canacon and other conventions. What was that like? Yeah. And that was the first time I met the team, actually, was at Canacon. So I got the job and they're like, I don't think actually anyone told me that they were an all-male company. I think I didn't know that. Um, so they're like, you got the job. We're going to train you. You'll meet with this man that'll train you. And then we want you to fly out to Seattle and meet every, all the team. And we'll be presenting at Canacon. So I was, I was pretty nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that I can learn the software quickly. I hope that I'm good at this. Like I've not met any of these people on my team. So hopefully this goes well. So they trained me on it. And then I flew out to Seattle and we built a little booth at Canacon and it's inside this big convention center where you can buy a ticket and then go to different booths. And we had a booth set up showing our software and kind of showcasing how it worked. And there were many other like of our competitors there. Actually, I believe um, there were like Growflow was there. Um, Trees is a big one. Biotrack. All of these do similar kind of things like Cultivera does. Um, so all of those were those companies were there. Plus, there's also lots of wholesale opportunities at Canacon. So, for example, there'd be a whole um, booth set up dedicated to glassware for your you know for your lab. And they would have all these fancy extraction things set up for you to demo. Um, and there's, you know, the next one over would have different soil and different, you know, growing options or growing lights. And so it's just whatever you specialize in, you set up a tent, you present, and then you have people that kind of walk up and ask you questions. And one thing that was interesting to me is 
I, you know, met my team. I was like, hey, I'm Haley. I noticed like, oh, I'm, I think I'm the only lady that works here. Like, I think it's just me. Like, so that was kind of interesting that I was, I was the only one. And I also noticed that there's no such thing as like smoking weed at Canacon. They're like, I was trying to scout out like, is this a place where you can like, is there anything that I can partake in? Like any edibles or, you know, anything even discreet, like, you know, CBD water or something like that. But there was zero consumption allowed. So that was interesting. It's a cannabis business. It's thriving on cannabis, but don't bring it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You smoke it in the parking lot, right? <laughs> right. That's exactly what I did. Yes. And, and I think it's interesting that um, in my job, I've got somebody on my team who never in their life have they ever touched cannabis. And I just, oh, no. that just blew my mind because <laughs> I think I, I went into my first team meeting and I was like, hey, you know, it's awesome that we we all have this in common and, you know, we should try to come together from our corners of the United States and have a smoke sesh. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. I'll come and hang out with you guys, but I've never touched it in my life and I'm not really interested. And yeah. I was like, what? Really? Okay. I mean, to each their own. That's perfectly fine. No judgment there at all. But right. how do you work in cannabis and you've never even tried cannabis? Like, that's crazy yeah. to me. And just a, I had to give uh, one of our users a shout out uh, just because I found this crazy. There's a user of our community that grows and he's very active in our growing community. Um, his wife is a medical cannabis patient. He's her caregiver. And he grow like it was just interesting to me because he was asking all these growing questions. He's growing, you know, and all this. Then he really revealed he does not smoke. He's never smoked. He doesn't plan to smoke. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that, that yeah. whiplash! I didn't expect that. You know, it's it's really cool. You know, yeah, it, and it's neat because it shows that there's room for everyone, whether your interest is on a personal level, like as a personal user, or if you're just interested in the business side of it. You know, many people realize it on a purely business standpoint that this is a great industry. There's a lot of innovation and, you know, ways to take this. So they'll hop on board. And yeah, it's, it is interesting. And I remember, I think, I think everyone at the dispensary consumed cannabis because we were all patients. So every one of us there, but um, at Cultivera, I think there may have been a couple people that were just into CBD mainly. That's one thing, like if you're not into CBD, like how do you, like everyone in my opinion should be into CBD. It's just something that's so gentle. <laughs> I mean, even our dog is on CBD and our cats. So it's like, you know, there's just, it's just such a beneficial and gentle substance. I think everyone could enjoy that, even if you're not into cannabis, like traditional cannabis. And Haley, Haley, you actually cut out just for a second. You said, if you're not on CBD, I felt like you were saying, oh. um, I felt like you were what you were trying to say, but I don't want to go ahead. I just wanted to jog where you were because we, you just cut out for a second. I'm so sorry. Yes. I was going to say, if you're not on CBD, that's the thing to try and to dip your toes in. That's what I was going to go with that, that everyone can benefit from that. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I just wanted to make sure that it was just a la a quick lapse. I don't know what, what went on. I think we just dropped connection for a second. So we're all good. Okay. Um, but Justine, did you have uh, something you were going to ask? Yeah, I just um, to go back to your comment about people who are more interested in like the business side. Um, I know like in the state of Illinois, if you want to get a card as what's called a PO, a principal officer. So that would be 
Um, so I worked for Cresco. So if they had any of the Cresco corporate staff that wanted to come into the dispensary and be able to like get behind the counter or look at inventory, anything like that, they could get this PO card that granted them access. But one of the requirements to get that PO card is you cannot be a medical patient. Like you cannot oh consume goodness. in order to get wow. that card, which I always thought was really interesting. I agree. Interesting. You know, I the only like similar thing I have to that is when when I did work at um, SCCS, the cultivation center, I actually had a pre-employment drug test for cannabis. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, which luckily, I mean, I have my card. So I just told the woman up front that was doing my drug test, like, this seems a little silly to me. Like I'm a hundred percent sure I'll flag on cannabis. And, and she's like, well, we have to do it anyway. And so they did. And, um, and actually we got random drug tested. And if you didn't have a card, there were a few people that got fired. Like it, it was so interesting. It's like, wow, we work in cannabis yet. You can still get fired for <laughs> being a user. And that was back in 2017. So things may have changed a little bit now that it's adult use in Illinois, you know, but um, I just found that very interesting. Like, you know, strange to get drug tested for cannabis still. <laughs> Gotta love the state of Illinois yeah, and all yes. of their strange rules that make absolutely no sense in the cannabis market. <laughs> it is what it is. And at least we, we can be involved at all. I mean, these kinks are very normal, you know, so I'm just, I'm just grateful to be involved with it. I know there's a lot of kinks to still be worked out, but we're slowly coming along. And I think Pritzker has done such a good job in really spearheading this in a positive way. You know, I'm really, really grateful that he's our governor right now to help this along. He's been such a positive force for good on the cannabis industry. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. agree. But yeah, that's that's really the end of like, you know, once I ended up leaving Cultivera, really the decision was I wanted to talk to people on a little more personal level. Like I really enjoy doing my compliance training, but I never got to ask people like, hey, like, are you anxious or how's your life going? Or, you know, are like those more personal questions. I missed that. So um, I saw an opportunity to work as a dosage specialist, like I mentioned, you know, for Equilibria. And so now I'm kind of like an over the phone bud tender. You know, I still get to have those nice conversations, really help people explore cannabis and it's nice because the people that I often talk to about CBD are somewhat hesitant to the whole thing. And that's why they're starting off with CBD is they're, you know, a little leery of cannabis as medicine, but they want to give it a try. And so I just get to help them kind of break through these stigmas that they have in their head about cannabis and CBD and kind of help them just find a natural way to, you know, use, use this as medicine and really enjoy the work that I do and love that I'm actually selling a product that I'm proud of. Like CBD is something that I tell everyone and everyone from my grandpa down to my three-legged cat, like all of us are on CBD, you know? So um, it's just been a really great part of, um, it's a great thing to be able to transition and still be able to help people in a meaningful way. Yeah. And I think one of, one of the things you said just in general about cannabis earlier, but like you say, more so with CBD, um, is the fact that there's like very little reservations about just dipping your toes in the water yeah. and trying it. You know what I mean? It's not like your toes are going to get bit off or anything. <laughs> right. Um, like, you know, uh, at the worst, they're going to get a little too cold or too hot. And they, with CBD, that's like a, a lower risk. You yes. Might say, so. <laughs> yes feel very good about it. So, um, and, and on that note, I think having an advisor is the first time I was able to see 
results with CBD myself. Like when I first started using Equilibria CBD, they kind of had me work with um, a dosage specialist just to kind of see what it would look like. And it did help to have someone to talk to like, oh, these are the things we should focus on. This is when you should take your doses for you know maximum results. Like that kind of stuff even helped me because it's hard to see from your own perspective a lot, you know, like when you should take things or how, how it would be best utilized. So um, just having someone walk you along the way is so helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I just really, really am so grateful to be involved in cannabis and do this work. Like it's, it feels, I never thought it would honestly happen in my lifetime. I thought, okay, maybe my nieces and nephews will get to enjoy, you know, legal cannabis, but probably not me because it just won't happen. But here we are. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that the great thing, too, is um, with having a dosage specialist, you don't have to um, go in with the mindset of oh, they're just going to tell me what works for them. You know, they're, they're yes. just going to tell me, well, I take, you know, 500 milligrams three times a day and that works really well for me. Yes. Versus I think that in your particular instance, with your particular tolerance, with what yes. you are trying to do, this is what we recommend. Yes, 100%. And that's exactly what we do is the first part of the call is just diving into their health goals. Like, what are you looking to get from this? And then, you know, figuring out the best way to to tell them to use it. And, and yeah, it's, it's so helpful because it wouldn't be any, any good use if I just told them what works for me, you know, cause we're all so different and we all are coming at this from a different angle. So, um, and, and I always start off my calls by letting people know I'm obviously not a doctor, but I'm also not there as a salesperson. And I think that's an important distinction. Like we're working with things they've already purchased from our website. That's the main group I talk to are people that already bought and have questions. So I'm not trying to sell you more things. I just want you to get the most from what you've already bought. And that's different because I feel like even at a dispensary, I sometimes get the feeling that I'm being sold to, you know, <laughs> like just for, for different reasons. Like I've heard of, you know, people trying to sell, you know, so many joints per day to their customers or so many, you know, different products that they're trying to push. And most of that's other states that I've heard of, like Illinois is very good because we're a mostly medical state. So, you know, they're really trying to listen to your needs, but it never feels good to be sold to, you know, you want to be listened to. <laughs> Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. And and that's something that, um, you know, on dispensary side, I really tried to encourage the team to do and something that we really had a lot of pride in was the fact that when you come in for a first time consult or the first yeah. time you ever come up to the counter and you're saying, OK, what should I get? You know, we don't start by saying, oh, we just got this new stuff in. You should try it. It's like, OK, what are you trying to treat? How do you want to feel? And then we go from there. Um, cause with it being a medical program, you definitely have to have that medical mindset and take a very medical approach to it. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that you're so like, or we're so sensitive to that too. Cause it, you know, a lot of people want to feel like they're being taken seriously and that's what I want them to take away from the, from the consults. Like I'm taking this as seriously as you are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, uh, so yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, oh, you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, everybody go ahead. I, I was just going to take the conversation in a different direction, but yeah, you're like good. I was, just, I was just saying that's the, really the end of my story, if you will. Like that's where I'm presently at is at Equilibria doing this work, you know, as the dosage 
consultant. So yeah, it's it's just been so nice to see you know how the year's gone and being able to you know connect with you guys and be on this on this podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And just remind us where we can find Equilibria Women and how yeah. our pay, how our listeners can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So um, our website for Equilibria is myeq.com. Um, and we sell full spectrum um, CBD products, soft gels and oils mainly. Um, and you get the dosage consultation. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, which is um, Equilibria Women. And just to spell this, um, E-Q-U-I-L-I-B-R-I-A is Equilibria. And, um, and then for me, if you would ever like to follow me personally and my content, um, I'm mainly on Instagram at, at cannabis underscore coach underscore Haley. Um, you can also just type in cannabis coach Haley on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel there. Um, those are the main, main places you can find me. So I just wanted to re- reiterate to our users um, that your website one more time. Yes. And my personal website is www.cannabiscoachhaley.com. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, as I said uh, before we hopped on <clears throat> into the podcast, you're always welcome here, Haley. And one of the things I wanted to just kind of highlight or illustrate, um, you know, we've said this in the past, this podcast isn't just Justine and I's podcast. It's the community's podcast and i just wanted to maybe if you could recount how easy it was to get on on air oh <laughs> um, yes absolutely so i was actually listening to your podcast a couple weeks ago the or maybe it was just a week ago the one with justice grown and i was like oh man this is so interesting this is exactly the stuff i'm interested in love to chat with them so all i did was just message um Chilinois on instagram and they were like yeah let's go ahead and get started it was very easy and so Really, I you know, if anyone is interested in chatting about cannabis, this would be the place. <laughs> it was very awesome and easy to hop on board here. Thanks. I wanted to just, yeah, you did a great job illustrating how easy it was. She literally just sent us a direct <laughs> message. I said, what time works for you? You know, what date and time works for you? We worked out, worked it out, and we got her on air. And, and this is like, this is something that we're open to doing. So if you want a quick way of doing that, you know, obviously you can hit us up hit us up on Instagram, but if you go to chillinois.net slash podcast, that's chillinois.net slash podcast, scroll down and click the be heard option and you can write us an email. You can give us a call. You can shoot us a text and we can, um, you know, arrange something. We can get you on air. So I wanted to thank you for highlighting how easy it was to get on air. And I, and I truly mean it, Haley, that whenever you'd like to come back on in the future, just let us know and, and we'll work it out just like we did. Well, thank you so so much. And thank you so much for such an honest conversation. And I love what you're bringing to the industry here with these conversations really dive deep. So just thank you so very much for this opportunity. I really enjoyed talking with you both. Yeah, thank you for running through your past and for, you know, being willing to discuss everything and for telling us about what you do now. Um, And I just want to tell our listeners that, you know, if you're looking for some quality CBD, look for Equilibria Women and, um, Haley will help you out. That's so. right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And Haley, stick around because when we, we're going to go off air and uh, I want to talk to you about becoming a can of queen because I yeah. think you're awesome. <laughs> well, great. That sounds wonderful. All right. Well, on that note, um, let's spark up to close out the show. Um, do you guys have anything to, to smoke before we close out the show? Oh, of yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes. 
good deal. Mine, what, what are we smoking on here? <laughs> Mine's a Pax, <laughs> Pax Pod. I've got. Oh, um, you're from the future. Room. What's that? I said you're from the future. Yes, I'm from the future. I have a robot joint. <laughs> it's a Brownie Scout Pax Pod from Rhythm. <laughs> All right, well, we're sitting over here like a bunch of pilgrims um, with, uh, you know, just regular joints. And, Love it. Um, by that, I mean, you know, before, before like 2000, you know, there wasn't this yes. whole electronic plug it into the wall, <laughs> smoke your weed. Thing. Right. So, yeah, let's, let's smoke up to close out the show. Love it. I hope everybody, I hope you all found value in this podcast. It was, I, I did. I sure did. Um, oh, yeah. It was nice to meet you, Haley. And thank you. We'll I can have you back on in the, have you back on the show. What strain did you, sorry, I'm, I may or may not have lit up this joint um, <laughs> without telling you guys beforehand. What strain did you say you were smoking on out of that pack? It's a brownie scout. Brownie, whoa, brownie scout. Yep, heavy duty. Is that the one? That's the, <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the um, what was it in Justine uh, High Times magazine and yeah, it was else, the High Times winner for 2019 because they had a batch that came out with like almost 38 percent THC that I was lucky enough to get my hands on. Oh, good. Yeah, we had some. It was <laughs> that's awesome. Crazy, so. Yeah, maybe this is from that batch. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, um, again, thank you all for listening. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this show, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.